not seen until you let go of what is seen. I'm talking about your money. Oh, man. Austin's going to fire me if I'm having audio issues. <laughs> but they're mostly my problem. That's the problem. <laughs> like, well, they, recently, they've all been on my end, and it's been so frustrating for me because I'm like, I'm just, you can only control so much. You know? So now I'm, I'm hunkered down in, in the bedroom, and this the, the this setup is just ridiculous. And uh, hope, <coughs> oh, God. Uh, hopefully, we can find another way. And oh. Dalton will we'll edit figure that it out. sneeze out. Just, you know, there's nothing. Will other. <laughs> um, yeah, man. How you doing? Uh, hungover. Um, euphoric. Um, happy. Uh, any, I don't know, man. Any last, reason for that happiness? Last night was special. Last night was special. Um, how, do I, how do I describe this? How do I jump in for somebody that doesn't know anything <laughs> <laughs> how to describe this to a casual fan um <laughs> wwe alumni zach Ryder, aka matt cardona competed last night in a death match against deathmatch icon nick gage who we have mentioned before on this podcast and it was incredible more than i ever thought it would be um i expected him to take maybe one or two light tubes but he went like full on head first into it and I have not felt that amount of euphoria watching a wrestling match since Nick Gage versus David Arquette. Yes, that David Arquette. Yes, scream David Arquette. And uh, I don't know, man. I just uh, great, great night. And nothing could stop. Nothing could stop my happiness last night. Let's put it that way. <laughs> nothing. Well, I'm sorry I couldn't have been there to join you. I, I didn't make. The, <laughs> I didn't make the broadcast last night. I didn't see it. I just when I checked Twitter this morning, I saw that that very niche indie wrestling fans were going ape shit. I mean, listen, I'm glad you're excited. That's, that is one thing that we do share, you know, that we do have in common besides the podcast is our, our, our love for pro wrestling. And that's the reason that we even have a podcast really. Um, it's such, you know, I was talking to you earlier this week about my coworker and he was like, how in the hell did you two even meet? <laughs> so to get into that whole conversation about that. Cause I'm like, yeah, there's probably no other way we would have met. No, no, there isn't. <laughs> Not a chance. Not a chance. Well, in over here in this, uh, uh, I was going to say land of Brooklyn, but that just sounded dumb. So, uh, <laughs> 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 on this end, I am not hungover, but I did go yesterday and I got a tattoo of a six inch cock on my left arm. <laughs> it is a rooster. It was done by a very talented um, tattoo artist named Jean uh, Lee. She's based in Brooklyn now. She's at a shop called Vestige. So a little cheap pop for them. Women owned shop, which is, I think, really kind of cool. Uh, you don't see that a whole lot in the tattoo world, but it's a beautiful little shop and Jen and I have been planning this for a while. So yeah, there it is. I, got I, I checked out her Instagram page actually, um, before we started recording and she's very good. Very, she's very good. Really talented. She's very good. She's not been doing it for that long. Very niche. Like all of her tattoos, you could tell that came from her. Yeah. Yeah. yeah she's really, she's a really talented illustrator and she kind of turned that into, um, 
the tattoo career, you know, and, and she's, you know, she does some walk-ins, but she's mostly just focusing on working with clients and what they want. And it's really cool. I mean, I'm, I'm very happy with she, it started out as like a hobby. I don't know how tattoos could be a hobby, but she got, yeah. you know, her certification from the state, um, started training under, uh, somebody and, and didn't do, I don't know if she did the official apprenticeship thing, but, uh, yeah, she's, she's good. She's done three of mine more to come. She says she owns my left arm, so uh, yeah, we'll, we'll fill it up before <laughs> long. Before we before we get too far, I want to shout out a Georgia brewery because I'm a sucker for marketing. I found this can at uh, I'm a huge Atlanta Braves fan. In case anybody didn't know, and I found I was just looking at beers in the liquor store yesterday, and I was like, hmm, what do I want to drink tonight? And there's this case that just had a big Atlanta Braves logo on it. I was like, yup. That's it, because I'm a sucker for marketing. <laughs> and there's a Georgia brewery called Terrapin Beer Company, and their pastime pale ale is incredible. It's great. It's delicious. If you ever find it in a store near you, go ahead and buy it, because I recommend it, and it's really, really good. This is also the episode where Dalton breaks up with PBR. Um, this is, mm-hmm. this is it. His, his, I don't know, his, man. His, 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 campaign, his campaign to win over PBR has maybe been abandoned. Circling back to the opening uh, thoughts of the episode, Broski, or I guess I should say his name, Matt Cardona is sponsored by PBR. And he kind of won me over last night. So I'm back on the PBR train. Sponsor us, baby. Cut to to like a month ago, maybe longer. We're in Cleveland and Dalton is screaming at the top of his lungs, calling Matt Cardona a doll dork (laughs) along with the half of the arena. I I screamed, fuck you, doll dork, at the top (laughs) of my lungs. (laughs) So this is like a complete, complete 180. He just turned right around on him. Go through some glass, uh, go through some light tubes, and I'm, I'm Team Cardona now. I don't know. <laughs> respect. I, he gained my respect. All so, right. uh, yeah. Um, all right, man. Well, so we, like we talked about last week, are talking today about a man named Leroy Jenkins. Leroy Jenkins! <laughs> you totally blew your mic there, too. <laughs> Uh, so Dalton, you can tell me about that Leroy Jenkins first, and then we'll kind of we'll, we'll talk about the uh, the other one. Um, years and years ago, in the early stages of YouTube, there was a viral video that went around of World of Warcraft, and they were trying to do a raid, and they were planning things out. Okay, we're going to do this on this on this on this, and we're going to attack this. Our healers going to heal this. Blah blah blah. And in the middle of them planning stuff out, somebody just ran in where they were doing a raid at and just screamed Leroy Jenkins at the top of his lungs. And they all stood there in disbelief for a second. And they were like, there? Oh, son of a bitch, Leroy, you (laughs) You dumb motherfucker. And then they all went in. They all died immediately. And it was viral for a while. Yep, that is that pretty much sums it up. I mean, that's 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 what happened. Um, it turns out it was unfortunately it turns out it was staged. Like they had done a couple of practice runs of filming it, which I was like, oh, man, I don't like that. Um, so the the big thing, the reason I think of it, obviously they share a name, even though the Leroy Jenkins that we're going to talk about today goes by Leroy and not Leroy, but I, it's, it's one E difference between the two, the two names. And he is 
in the same way that the the WoW character, Leroy Jenkins, just rushes into a situation and doesn't give a shit about what's going to happen, that pretty much sums up Leroy Jenkins in his entire life. And so he doesn't give a shit. Just balls to the wall. Just, I mean, he doesn't think about consequences. He doesn't. He doesn't give a shit about like who he hurts or what he does. He's just like he is that guy that ju- like just runs right in. And I have no idea if there's any correlation between the two. I don't think there is. But secretly, I would like there to be. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, we're not going to cover – we're going to do something a little uh, – well, not a little different. We're just going to not really cover his grift as heavy because I think that all the stuff that he pulls while he's alive is so much more interesting than, like, we've been through Faith Healers, which is what he is. So, we, you know, we've done Pop-Off. We've done A.A. Allen. Like, people, I hope at this point, if they've been listening to these in order – know what the scheme is with you know you're healing sick people that come to your your tent revivals and we're not going to really go too far on that because i feel like we've hit that a bunch um but i do want to talk about leroy and all of his other leroy and all of his other interesting stuff that happens with him um so let's get started um he was uh, well the other thing i also say too before i get started is that the stories about him are all over the place. I mean, the stories change like crazy. Mm-hmm. We saw this with Popoff. Did you say something? Yeah, I said, what do you mean? Like, they're all over the place. And what oh, the details change. Every time a story gets told or published, some detail is different. And and so I'm trying my best to kind of like take as many sources as I can and kind of piece this thing together. But he he just, he's full of shit. And every time he opens his mouth, <laughs> it's just mortal eyes come out. So he that's, that's the problem. It's like, it's just the amount of, it's like numbers don't match up. Dates don't match up, things like that. So. And dude's a fucking liar. Yeah, he's a liar. He like <laughs> open. That's it. Open your mouth. The lies come out. That's that's all there is. First of all, you gotta you gotta picture this guy, right? Mental image. This guy is like Elvis crossed with Liberace. Like he is so over the top, and he's got the the big Elvis hair, and he wears the jewels and the rings and all the stuff like Liberace. Like had Elvis and Liberace had a child, it would be. Leroy Jenkins. Now, see, I'm just picturing Ric Flair now. It is. It's there's so much Ric Flair in this thing. Holy shit! I there's love so him. much Ric I Flair. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and you know, I mean, had Liberace and Elvis had a child together, it would have been fine because they are not, in fact, cousins. So we're, we're all good. Was <laughs> <laughs> for our masked friend. He he. <laughs> um, El so, Luchador de Coffee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, according to his autobiography, which is called How I Met the Master, he was born (laughs) the illegitimate son of a Cherokee woman who abandoned him in a field. His grandmother rescued him from the field and gave him to a married couple named Willa May and Amos Jenkins. Um, and they eventually settled in Greenwood, South Carolina. And he was hell of a name. Yeah. Willa May. (laughs) Yeah. Willa May I've and Amos. Of, I've heard of Willa Mays before. I've heard of uh, all sorts of just crazy Southern names that you would, wouldn't never believe. Well, what's funny is Willa May actually, after Leroy turns to the church and starts preaching and starts his operation up, she actually becomes uh, a faith healing minister in Florida. Of course, Florida, incredible in the sixties <laughs> and seventies. Yeah, so she went by W M Jenkins. Uh, she shortened the Willa May, but she also took up the calling and started faith healing down in Florida after her son did it. <laughs> That's amazing. I love that. <laughs> so, so like Alan, he, um, 
you know, Jenkins comes up in a household with a drunk father, uh, but a really strict religious household. Once again, these are things that you're seeing a lot with these guys. Um, and he, they, you know, were super, super poor. And about his childhood, Jenkins once wrote, he goes, and I'm going to do my best Jenkins impersonation. I don't think it's spot on to him, like how he actually sounds, but I feel like it's spot on to like his spirit, <laughs> you know, and like who he is. He said, I was meant to be a rich man's son, and I had a I hated a patch worse than anything. <laughs> what do you think? Okay, can we can you put up with that for the rest of the episode? Yeah, yeah. All right, all right. Uh you're usually the impersonation guy. Hold on, give me the line again. Okay. Um I was meant to be a rich man's son, and I hated a patch worse than anything. I was meant to be a rich man's son. And I hated a patch worse than anything. That's good. That's good. <laughs> Let's see, uh, I can nail a southern impression because, well. <laughs> he says that coming up in his youth, he had three conversations with God. Three three times that he had talked to God. And that was eventually what led him on his, his spiritual journey. Kind of, I don't know. I, I, I think it's bullshit, but um, I will I will tell you about them. Um, the first one was when he was five years old. And I've read a few different accounts of this. Again, this is like conflicting stories. But one account says that his mother was being taken to the state mental hospital. And okay. he was five. And so he's freaking out because that's what a five-year-old would do if the authorities came to get your mom. And he, he said that there was a voice. He started crying and he heard this voice and it said, don't worry, I'll take care of you. And he said, this was the first time I realized I had a calling of God in my life. And so that's one. Later, later tales, like when he puts it in his bio, he doesn't talk about his mom being taken away by the state mental institution. But – I don't know which one to believe. It's right. just kind of a wild detail that I don't think a, a journalist worth anything would throw on there if there wasn't some merit behind it. And you yeah, can yeah, see yeah, yeah. why he would suppress it on his own official bio. His mother getting locked up should be a public record, right? I don't I don't know when it comes to mental stuff, mental health. I feel like that's medical. Yeah, that's HIPAA. Yeah. That's oh, <laughs> HIPAA. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then again, when he was nine, uh, he had a second experience. He had a vision of a hand and an arm reach out to him. And he said, the golden, he said, golden sparks flew from it. I became so frightened, I turned pale. I thought the Lord was coming. My feet actually <laughs> left the ground. I wasn't running. I was floating through the air. I was about four feet off the ground. I floated a solid block down my house and into the bedroom, he said. <laughs> This mind freak motherfucker. <laughs> so I, know. Years I know. I know. So the, the, that's the second one. And we're going to talk about the third one shortly, but I kind of want to get back to kind of where, where he is. Cause the, the third one doesn't happen until a little later. Um, he dropped out of school by the fourth grade, ran away from home when he was 15. Um, and he ended up marrying his first wife, whose name was Ruby Garrett at the age of 17. And they had a fucking brood. They had either six, seven or eight children. I, Again, these numbers keep fucking changing. My God, I know, I know. And they had them. They had, and at least one of them was adopted. They had seven or eight children, and they had still adopted another child. Yeah, and they had it in a really short amount of time. They they were only together for about thirteen years before they they got separated and then eventually divorced. Good God, so she stayed pregnant nonstop. Seven kids in thirteen years. Yeah, Jesus Christ, is that a fucking brood? 
Um, he's been, he was married two more times, but those marriages, like one of them lasts two months. The other one might last a few weeks. Um, and we'll, we'll talk about those in just a minute. Okay. Let this cat out. Kitty, come here. So yeah, so we'll, we'll talk about the third wife later on because that is the story. (laughs) Okay. Um, he had a variety of jobs before eventually he became an antiques dealer. That was his job. And while he was an antiques dealer, dealer he had the accident that i put it in quotes the accident yep he was installing a piece of uh plate glass so the nasty nasty stuff apparently it broke and it sliced open his arm one of his arms Woo! that's the story that's this is like the superhero origin story of this guy so okay (laughs) just just bear (laughs) with it this is from Another bio, he's got a few of them out there. Another bio, he writes about himself in the third person. So just realize oh, that. Oh, wow. Yeah, yep, yep. So like The Rock. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like The Rock, but not cool. This guy is not cool <laughs> at all. Um, he said, please God save me. He cried silently and God restored him to his body. The doctor stitched his arm back on, put it in a cast and sent sent him home where they told him he would soon die of gangrene for all the blood vessels were severed in agony with his arm petrified within the cast. He was taken to a miracle crusade at the Atlanta fairgrounds where the Reverend A. A. Allen was conducting services and praying for the sick. Oh my God. Holy shit. Okay, that is wild. Just wait. Just wait. Young man, tell the people, these people that God will heal you, demanded the evangelist. I believe, stammered the weak and frightened young man. And at that moment, at the tent appeared to split open and a giant hand appeared. If that hadn't, or if that hand would but touch me, I would be healed, he thought. As he spoke, he was filled with the Holy Ghost and his dead fingers began to move. Look at him. He's using that dead hand, cried the Reverend Allen. God has healed him, and I didn't even pray for him. His arm was instantly restored. That's incredible. Oh, my God. That's as much as a direct line you can get. Yeah, that is. That's it. That's it. So, yeah, A.A. Allen healed him. Uh, Okay. Okay. And that's, that's, this is like the, this is the thing. This is the incident. This is like Peter Parker gets bit by the spider. You know, uh, Leroy Jenkins is healed by A.A. Allen. Uh, uh, sorry for the lack of uh, commentary, but I'm kind of speechless. <laughs> <laughs> In a rare moment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> After this event, he decides to get into the ministry. He decides he needs his own ministry. This is the moment. This is the thing. God's hand coming through the tent, touching his hand or his arm and healing his gangrene sliced open, almost severed off arm. Allegedly. Okay. Now I have the question, is there any other uh, witnesses, any witness testimony to this happening? No, no. Okay. No, but he, he like, this is like a big thing in his, his, his world. Um, because, you know, for a while he starts his ministry out and he's, he's like called the man with the holy arm or the man with the, you know, cured miracle arm. He does, it's just like this weird thing where he's like, and actually um, I think he, so he doesn't talk about it a lot. But there's a really terrible fucking movie that he financed about his own life. Uh, we're going to talk about that quite a bit. But he does tour around a little bit with A.A. Allen. I think A.A. Allen took him under his wing and kind of showed him showed him the ropes. But when he was okay. touring with Allen, he was the man with the miracle arm. 
Oh, okay. So that kind of became this sounds thing. straight out of a comic book. It is right. It's it's yeah. so it's so. Just wait. <laughs> like I've been texting you all week, going, Dalton, just wait for this episode. <laughs> so um, he loves to talk, and like I said, and every chance he can, he will spin some sort of story together. Um, it actually makes it a little harder to figure out. Like I was saying earlier, what's true and what's not. But like this one, I was I just pulled because I was like, this is so st- stupid and definitely not true. Um, according to Jenkins, he only had thirty three cents in his pocket when he bought a small tent on an installment plan. The tent was burned to the ground by unidentified Ku Klux Klansmen because he what? refused to segregate his meetings. <laughs> okay, <laughs> it sounds like some bullshit he made up so he can get yes. sympathy from like that for our audience. One hundred percent. I don't believe it at all. Yeah, um, yeah, it's just bullshit. The pander to black people. Yeah, it is. It's a hundred percent. So he's he he spits out a lot of these lines where they're just like, "There's no way this is possible." I want you to notice the progress I've made as we're doing this podcast because I feel like in one of the first episodes, I've been, "Well, did it happen?" And now I'm like, "No, that's fucking." Like, <laughs> I've, I've made you. I've succeeded in making you a very cynical person. I'm, I'm not sure if I should really celebrate that. <laughs> There's still some optimism left. I hope so. <laughs> There's still a little bit left. <laughs> um, so, well, this may, this this episode may drain it all from you. That's I'm just going to say <laughs> that. Because, continuing, in 1970, Jenkins met a rich old widow named Maudie Bartz and immediately <laughs> set to work on her. Attaboy! She was <laughs> attending one of his, t- uh, his revival meetings in Dallas when the two suddenly discovered that Maudie was Jenkins's long-lost mother. Whoa, 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 whoa. Wait, what? So Is this a Back to the Future situation? No, I, I think he just, <laughs> he's conning her. I think he, he fooled her into believing that she was his mom so that he oh. could go live with his rich widow. Okay, I thought I thought this was going a completely different direction. Oh, no. I was this about to say, just... if, I read old, if I meet an old witch widow, me and Victoria are about to have a third. <laughs> it doesn't talk it doesn't take long because he he moves in with her he take him and his wife and their kids all move in with this rich widow at our house and and at one point he even changes his name to Leroy Jenkins Bartz so he takes her last name this is such a con so how did this work how did he convince her in like an era without paternity tests he just I don't know he talked her into it I mean how how does he make all the money he's going to eventually make, you know, being a full of shit faith healer. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. It's just, That's just so wild. He convinced. I mean, she was already at his, one of his revivals. And so, you know, she was already a believer. So I think it right. just, it probably wasn't a lot of work to take that extra step to convince him that uh, you know, he had never met his mother. I don't know. She must have had a baby she gave up that she wasn't aware of. I don't know. Or maybe it's like a spiritual thing. Like you're my mother spiritually. I don't know. Whatever it was. Um, eventually... As this thing kind of ran on, he dropped the Barts from his last name. And one day he packed up his family and left the state. Um, wow. Maudie was 99 at the time, and she never saw Jenkins again. He didn't call. He didn't write. He was gone. Um, and I think that probably the money was starting to dry up a little bit. And he was like, right. okay, this is over. I'm out of here. Was, the ship ran its course. Yep. Yep. Um, so, question real quick before yep. we go any further. Um the bundle of kids that he had with his first wife, did they like stay with him? Yep. Yeah. They all stayed with him? They all stayed with him. Why? Well, 
I, I don't know about custody. I mean, but like at this time, they're still married, and so they're still with the kids are still with him. The kids okay. don't seem like they came. At least a couple of them that I read about did not come out of this very well prepared for life. They are one of them's been in and out of jail a bunch. Like they're they're really they this is not they didn't have a a, chi- a very nurturing childhood, and I'm sure right. it was partially because of the like the chaos that their father was always involved in. I mean, he's just that's his that's his thing. It's just always a yeah. shitstorm around him. He's at this point, he's still small town preacher, small time preacher, um, and he knew that the the to be the big time preacher that he wanted to be, he needed a home base. He needed like a, a headquarters, an operation. Right. He needed a chapel. He needed his own thing. This is about the time when we talked in the A. Allen episode that a lot of the the tent preachers are packing up and doing their thing. And so he's definitely bunch one of, of those. Bitches. Yeah, a bunch of bitches. <laughs> Dirty bitches. So according to it was about this time too when he's thinking, hey, I need to get I need to have a, a headquarters. He um he says, I was on a plane when a vision of this property appeared before me. I went to see the old man and his wife who owned it. I told them, you can't sell this land. It's dedicated to the Lord. He and his wife gave it to me. A few weeks later, the man oh died. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Why? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, that's why. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. So uh, a few weeks later, the man died, but his widow built a home on the property. People have come from all over for the crusades we have here. I don't really want to leave Tampa. We had a beautiful headquarters there, but he did leave Tampa. He In 1966, he moved his entire operation to the property, and it was in Delaware, Ohio. The city's name is Delaware, and it's in Ohio. Not far Shout from out Ohio. to our uh, Ohio boys. I know. I keep, keep picking on Florida. Now it's going to be Ohio's turn. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ohio is a fucking a wild place. <laughs> yeah, so Delaware is right outside of Columbus, and so he does. He's 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 there a lot. You'll see he's going to jump back and forth a bunch. Okay, so he opens up his church and he calls it the Church of What's Happening Now. That's the name. <laughs> I know. It's fucking terrible. Well, what's happening? What's happening now? It was I'm, it was the '60s. He was still trying to be hip. He's decidedly right. very uncool, but he was trying really hard. Is he trying to play to, like, the hippie crowd? I think so. I think he's, like, trying to be with it and cool. Right. Uh, eventually, that didn't really work out. So, he uh, changed the, the church's name. And I'm just going to – this is – you have no, probably have no idea what this is. But what would you just guess based on what we've talked about so far? What do you guess he named his church? Oh, man. Fuck it. I don't know. All right. You ready for it? Yeah. He called it the Healing Waters Ministry. Oh, my God. And the more with the fucking healing water, man. Jesus Christ. This guy does it major. This is his thing. Like, he doesn't have... I think he probably does have all the other fucking gimmicks that um, the other preacher does. He actually does have all the other gimmicks. But the water was his, like, big thing. Like, that's what he was was preaching about. That's number one. Right. Number one, the healing water ministry. So, Um, like, why is the name healing water? Is there, like, a river outside of it? Or, like... I think... No, he actually digs a well. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> on the property. And that's where the water comes from. I'm not even kidding. Uh, yeah, that'll, that'll come and play later because, yeah, he, he digs a well. And he, he just pulls the water out of the well, puts it in a bottle, and sells it to his followers. 
So I feel like this is a more like spir- spiritual successor to uh, Peter Popoff than A. Allen was. Yeah, but he's not a successor because he's doing this all before Popoff really gets going. No, actually, well, about does... the same time. About the same time. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. This is okay. Yeah, these and 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 yeah. I don't want to give anything away, but yeah, they're 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 have they're about they're going neck and neck at this point. Okay, competitor, competitor, yeah. okay. competitor. But I think Jenkins has kind of got a slight advantage. Because he'd came up under Allen. So mm-hmm. he really like he'd honed his craft and he got things he got his operation off the ground a lot quicker than Popoff because he'd had a mentor to help him through it. It's crazy I can draw like a straight line from uh A. Allen to Leroy Jenkins all, to Peter Popoff. All these guys are fucking interconnected. The more I read about it, the more I'm just like, all these guys had run ins with each other. Like they were all in the same racket. It's almost like a union, you know, like a union of scammy <laughs> faith healers out there. Right, right, right. Um, so 1972, this also sounds a lot like, uh, A.A. Allen, he was arrested on a drunk driving charge and this really sets into motion, you know, Allen, drink too much of the healing water. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so Allen hated all the, the, he hated the journalists, you know, like that was his big thing and he hated the other preachers. Well, Jenkins hates the cops. Can't blame him. Yeah. But he also hates <laughs> all forms of government, all government organizations. He hates journalists. And I'm actually going to read you something that it kind of sums it all up. He said, most of them are crooked as they can be. They're a bunch of liars and thieves. There's not a law or government or the FBI or anybody else that could take away from me what God gave to me 21 years ago. Fuck you. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> when Jesus Christ hanged down from the cross 33 years of age, people didn't lose their faith and respect for him. The government is what killed him. The same thing they're trying to do to me. Same thing they would try to do to you. <laughs> What would it be an evangelist without comparing himself to Jesus Christ? Just wait. Here's here's your here's your line. I, I know it. You give these hillbillies a badge, honey, and a gun, and it's dangerous. I'm scared to go out on the street. They don't have as much to education as I do. Those little hillbillies will shoot you. The IRS is very jealous of what I got. You're goddamn right they will. <laughs> uh, you know what? I respect it. (laughs) You won't for long. That's what always happens. This is the roller coaster of our podcast. (laughs) So you know know what? The the process is wrong, but he's got the right idea. (laughs) Right. He's he's going around doing it the wrong way. You get the the right intention. He's got a good base. We can work on that. (laughs) I mean he's not lying, but he also is just all he's doing is really creating a lot of trouble for himself. So He obviously he does this and he he preaches about this. So he riles up his base his base, right? And yeah. so he actually has people that are writing local um newspapers, you know, letters to the editor. And there's one of them that uh James Randi publishes in one of his books that one of Leroy's Leroy's uh followers writes the the, the newspaper. And I'm going to leave out there's so many uh, expletives that they didn't print and so they're just blanks. So I'm just gonna, okay. I'm just going to say blank and he says, it's polite to start a letter, dear editor, editor, blank to you and to all your writers and your whole paper. This also goes for the dirty, rotten, worthless police you back up in your dirty town. It's a shame, a dirty shame that all you people that accuse brother Leroy Jenkins of such a thing are dirty blank. That's right, brother, dirty blank. To try and put a man of God down, you will all join in the devil in hell forever. <laughs> the devil in hell forever. 
And then he keeps going. He, this is, and they published, they ran this, this letter. He goes, I'll tell you something, you and whoever they, uh, they are went just a little too far this time. You can't fight people all you and want to. And it went too far? Yeah. <laughs> and they said, you can't fight people all you want to. You can fight this and that, but brother, you can't fight God. It, it, it's, it's, yeah, it's a mess. Uh, if any of you blank die tonight, you will go straight to hell forever Jesus and Christ. ever and ever. You know, that's a long time because you don't have a father in heaven, so that makes you blank. This is a Christian, by the way. Just, just gonna point that out. That makes you fucked. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> Each and every one of you will pay for what you've done to Leroy Jenkins. Uh, it's too late to cover up the damage that's done, but it's not too late to save your soul. Soul is spelled S O L E. Save, so you know. save the soul of your shoe. <laughs> yes, exactly. We the won't shoes stop. Are like a rough brother. You need to save <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, he said, we won't stop now until the lid is blown off this dirty police department, the mayor and whoever's involved, because you've opened the hornet's nest and all the hornets were in church on Sunday and they got their stingers sharpened and filled with toxin, with the exception of five of your blank seated in church. May God have mercy on your souls. Once again, spelled S-O-L-E-S. <laughs> <laughs> so, if this is like this is like hillbillies versus hillbillies, you know, it's like Leroy's hillbillies versus the police hillbillies. It sounds like the beginning of an old country song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So it, it this did not go over well, and all this did was get Leroy in more trouble. He uh, he's got all these building projects that start coming up. All the local authorities are knocking on his door with building like permit checks and doing inspections of of the facilities over oh, and yeah, over again. Yeah, he's rounding them up. Yeah, he got them mad. They got they said, "Well, you gonna fuck? You gonna say fuck you? We're gonna say fuck you in our own way. We're gonna keep showing up. We're gonna shut down your job sites. We're gonna permit you to death. You know, we're gonna make all these inspections on your property." Now he he says that it just it just became out of control. I don't believe him. Anything that he says, literally nothing that comes out of his mouth. I believe so. So I, I think he gets, he makes it sound like it's worse than it actually right. probably was. But yeah, I mean that's that's what happens. If I'm um, taking it, if I'm taking his word, I'm Team Laura right now. Right, just not being honest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, he decides that maybe one of the solutions to doing this is to run for the uh, governor of Ohio. What? So- <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. You just went over there like it was nonchalant. Oh, yeah. Run- no, no. Never no. held political office and he's going to no. run for the governor of Ohio? Yep. He ran. He tried to run on the Democratic ticket and for the 1978 election. Uh, this is 1977 that he's running for the governor. And it, Jesus. I, it, doesn't, it doesn't take off. It doesn't last long. It doesn't go well. He's quickly out of the race. He doesn't even show up in uh, like on Wikipedia for the, the people that were running against each other. He's just out of it so oh, wow. i think it was more of a stunt than anything else um so then he you know the harassment continues he's not running for governor he just decides i gotta get out of ohio ohio this is too much these guys are driving me crazy so he packs up and takes his operation or starts planning to take his operation from ohio back to greenwood south carolina where he came up okay now, <laughs> on April uh, 8th of 1978, so this is a year after he's like transitioning and moving down to South Carolina, his church in Ohio was blown up by a dynamite blast. Excuse me? Coincidentally, he had taken out a $1.2 million insurance policy oh, only a week Christ. before. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Where the fuck did he find dynamite? 
<laughs> yeah, so he took out a $1.2 million insurance policy, and he clean he took everything out of the church before it was dynamited. What a coincidence. <laughs> and he didn't get caught. I mean, I don't know. The insurance paid out. He didn't, they didn't. They didn't catch him on this thing. Three weeks later, after the dynamiting, his home burned to the ground, and it was also <laughs> recently insured. Where did he get dynamite? I don't know, man. He That's found insane. It's, it's the 70s, probably a little easier to find than it would be today. Fucking, uh, I, I, don't, I don't even know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> he blew up his church. And then he burned down his house. <laughs> what a fucking psychopath. Within a month of each other. What a fucking psycho. <laughs> yeah. Well, so then, I mean, like, naturally... The next step is that he turns this into a tragedy he can fundraise against, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. a logical yeah. next step. Yep. So he told his followers that he needed to raise uh, $300,000 so that he could start his ministry back up. Um, and as he's saying this, he's already purchased a new home in South Carolina for $230,000. Well, yeah, he got an insurance payout, right? Yeah. Yeah, but he didn't tell his congregation that. It should be obvious. It should be the first thing you think about. A bottle of water and going to heal your cancer. That should be obvious, okay? He's already got them thinking that. And they're in the church. They're not They're not thinking. Yeah, it's uh, selling them bottles of water like uh, Woodstock 99, $4 a pop. That's for anybody who's watched the Woodstock documentary. That was for you. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, it's just, it's like, it, I don't know, people just don't question him, you know, they, they, they hold him in that position where they're like, he's an authority figure. He, he, he talks to God. I don't know what to say, man. Like the, 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 no pun intended. It blew my mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, so you broke, good job, Austin. You finally broke me. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you'd like that. I knew you'd like that. But Dalton, it doesn't end there. That's, that's not the end of it. No, there's okay. much more to come. Trust me. Um, so he's, he's, he's riding high, right? This is like peak. This is like 70. 77, 78 is peak for Leroy Jenkins. He's never going to hit it higher than this. And he is, um, he's, he's making millions of dollars. It's a multi-million dollar operation. He drives fancy cars. He's got a big house. He's, you know, he lives this luxury. This is the Ric Flair. Woo! Wheeling, dealing. <laughs> Jeff Flynn, limousine riding. Kids dealing. I fucked that up. Oh, no, my you, God. You did a better job than I thought. You <laughs> got further in it. So, the nature yeah. boy. And he's, he's like getting photographed with all these celebrities. He knows Liberace. Liberace says that he's flamboyant, which might be a code word for something we're going to talk about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've already got vibes. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I've they, already got the vibes. <laughs> they're going to turn into a lot bigger than vibes. Um, <laughs> he was photographed with Mae West, who was a famous actor back in the day. She used to go to his church. He got photographed with Jimmy Carter somehow, the, the fucking former president of the United States. Yeah, yeah Georgia's own. Whoop, whoop. Yep. So, um, but he also would said when people asked him, they said, you know, you, you, you live this lavish lifestyle. You drive a Cadillac. This is what he would say. He goes, if they were walking, he, meaning Jesus, was riding a jackass. If there'd have been Cadillacs back then, I'm sure he'd have one because he was first class. Very much in the spirit of uh, Joel Osteen buying a fucking Ferrari. Seriously. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus would have driven a Cadillac. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, it's crazy how uh, American Jesus is the one that does like, okay, I'm not going, I know I've went hard on religion in the past and yeah, that's okay. I've got my thoughts, but if you follow the Bible's teaching of Jesus, Jesus is a socialist. You know, he gives to the poor. He helps the sick. Uh, that story about the temple when he saw merchants uh, selling stuff in the temple, he tore it the fuck down. Yep. You know, he burned it to the ground. Well, not literally burned it to the ground, but you right. get what I mean. Right. And just to see just today's American Jesus get so uh, profitized. It's yeah. very, you know, it, it makes me sad because I think there's a lot of good teachings in Christianity. And to see it get abused and took over by capitalism, it really makes me sad. Yeah, oh, I totally agree, hundred percent, hundred percent. These fuckers didn't help either along with along the way, as these guys came out and took advantage of people and right. their beliefs. This is these guys are a bit of problem. Like you can laugh them off and joke about how they're just silly and ridiculous, but at the same time, like the stuff they were doing became more and more mainstream. You know, like these guys were just the ones doing it first and it became sneakier. That's what I'd say, you know, because you still see um, prosperity gospel is still a thing. Right. You know, to this day. Yeah. And it was something that was invented by these fucking carnies out there in tent revivals. And now it's like mainstream. <laughs> yeah. And it's really unfortunate. So I want to I want to read you some testimony about act, what his healing does. Um, so this is uh, from a. Uh, a newspaper article. It says Perez's husband, Rudy, 61 of Columbus, said he was skeptical until Jenkins cured him of colon cancer. Excuse me, he did what? Until Jenkins cured him <laughs> of colon cancer. He died, right? Not in this article. <laughs> Rudy, Rudy Perez and his wife uh, drank the healing water regularly. He told me, young man, you got cancer in the worst way. You're an alcoholic. You're going out on your wife. He just pointed his finger at me. A hot sensation just came over my body, Rudy Perez said. I didn't have no more pain. Jenkins and Perez's doctors were baffled. Uh, however, Perez also noted that before I was drinking a case of beer, two fists of whiskey, and five packs of cigarettes. Oh, there's a problem, bud. I was like, okay. <laughs> well, yeah, you, I'm sure you are feeling a lot better if you were convinced <laughs> to stop doing that. But I still don't think you got healed of colon cancer, which is a killer cancer. That's not one of the ones you fuck around with. I mean, you don't fuck around with any cancer. I don't want to diminish that. But the, I mean, colon cancer is, is a, it's a tough one to treat. Question: Was he diagnosed with cancer by a doctor before he went there? He must. I don't know. I don't know. I don't or know did, anything else. Or did Leroy just tell him he had cancer? That's a good question. Actually, I didn't. I didn't even think about that. He may have just been told that he had cancer by Leroy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's what I got from it. <laughs> yeah. So this is just kind of. I just I wanted to like dip that in. I was like, I have to do some sort of testimony from somebody that he quote healed. Because it doesn't feel like right. Yeah, but when you're drinking when you're drinking cases of beer and multiple packs of cigarettes a day and then you stop, of course you're going to feel better. Right. It's right. common sense. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, and then Jenkins was like, Oh, his doctors are baffled by what happened. No, they're not. If they asked and the right questions, they'd figure it out pretty quickly what happened. And then he's amazed, he's like, You're going out on your wife. How would he know that? Well, you're a man in the fucking 70s, of course. <laughs> you know? So, I mean. Not uh, exactly uncommon back then. No, this is true. <laughs> uh, I mean, doctors were still smoking. They're still indoor smoking everywhere, too. 
Um, so it's like, okay, so everything that we've talked about so far, nothing has stopped him, right? He's faced no consequences for anything he's done. He dynamited the church. He, he burned down his house. <laughs> he he um, built some old widow out of a bunch of money. He's been lying to people, curing fake cancer, or maybe fake curing real cancer. I don't know. One of those two. <laughs> But he's been he's been pretty he's been pretty good about not getting caught, not getting any trouble until now. And in 1979, he was convicted on charges of a conspiracy to commit arson and conspiracy to commit assault. Oh, these okay. Are not arson charges that were related to burning down his house. These are different arson charges. <laughs> so what did you try to burn down? He threatened to burn down the house of a businessman who allegedly owed him money. And also threatened to burn down the house of a South Carolina state trooper who had arrested his who had arrested his daughter for speeding at a traffic stop. (laughs) That's a sassy motherfucker, man. I love it. Yeah, I'm gonna burn your fucking house down. (laughs) He also attempted to have a a guy named Rick Ricks of the Anderson, South Carolina Uh, Independent. Rick, (laughs) what is his name? That's this guy's name, Rick Ricks. And he was a reporter with the Anderson, South Carolina Independent. Uh, he he said he was going to have him beaten up for the comments that he published in the paper. <laughs> <laughs> I'll beat your ass. <laughs> I'll beat your ass, and then I'll burn your fucking house down. Oh, man, he'll fucking do it, too. <laughs> well, he'll do it until he gets caught. Um he was convicted largely on testimony and tape conversations that he pr- that had been produced by a guy named Bruce Merkin, who was an undercover agency for the alcohol, firearm, and tobacco unit. Uh, he infiltrated Jenkins' organization, got close to Leroy, and he, of course, Leroy just runs his fucking mouth all the time. ATF, not only responsible for Waco, responsible for busting Leroy Jenkins. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. Now, I, I don't believe the how I've read conflicting accounts of this, and this is one of those things, and it's a big, it's a big part of the story. So I, I just want to point out there are both I, I've read that he only threatened to burn the house down, and I read that he actually had the houses burned down. And I can't tell which is true. So I don't want to I don't want to say I don't want to give false information because I have read right. both of those accounts and that's why there's so many conflicting things with this. But he the, the charges he was on were, were was conspiracy to commit it. Okay. Um, which could mean that it was burned down that he paid somebody else to do it or it could mean that they just planned it and he got charged for planning the the um the crime. Okay. But well, either way, he was convicted and he got sentenced to 20 years. Okay, that's, and, uh, that's major. Yep, and they took uh, the judge took eight years uh, suspended on it, so he was going in for twelve years, and he was a babbling mess. He had been so confident during the entire time that this trial was going on, and he was like his brash self. And then as soon as the sentencing, he was like, "Please don't send me to jail. I've got to look after all my kids, and I got this ministry, and I just can't be sent to jail. This is not good. Find me. I got the money." Well, it sounds about right because this it sounds like he's a spoiled brat who's yeah. never been taught a lesson. No. No, he's bought his way out of everything. Hold on real quick. I'm gonna take my shirt off. It's hot. All right. <laughs> <laughs> How hot is it there? Okay. We're back. How hot is it there now? Um, right now it is ninety two degrees. Oof. Boy. Better than you. Better you than me. I'm doing that. Yeah, this uh, this podcast just turned into one shirtless man and shirtless man. I mean, wait, <laughs> try that again. 
shirt man and shirtless man. <laughs> I put like shirts and skins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. <laughs> I, Dalton very much in the mood of his mentor, and uh, Alex Jones is just taking off his shirt in the middle of a broadcast. <laughs> Hold on. Who's going? <laughs> there's like three people that listen to the podcast and know what the hell that, that's referencing it's the fact that alex jones often eats while he's interviewing people um it's my he, favorite bit it's my he just, favorite he thing. just like yes ands the people because he's got a fucking sandwich in his mouth so they, they keep it. talking he's like yes and you can hear it you can hear it like <laughs> Oh yeah, they're in the course of the interview. Like they'll say something, and, go, mm. and, and like they're expecting a response from Alex. It's like, mm, keep talking. In <laughs> <laughs> the meantime, the entire like on the video stream, the camera's on his, whoever he's interviewing the whole time, so it doesn't show Alex at the table eating. You could just hear it. Um. So anyway, Leroy goes to jail, um, and he's he. <laughs> So first of all, he Problem? says all this was a conspiracy. <laughs> no, he just says this is all a conspiracy against him, against his ministry, against the people that believe in him, and blah blah blah. Nobody's listening to that anymore. But he gets to jail, and he's still causing problems in jail. In so he's in jail in 1979. In 1980, he was caught with two contraband bottles of scotch. <laughs> so he got in trouble. He somehow smuggled two <laughs> bottles of scotch into the prison. Uh, how? And, I don't know. One of his fucking 300 kids brought it to him. <laughs> uh, the toilet wine? Is, uh, he too, is Leroy too good for toilet oh, he's wine? he's too fancy for that. Are you kidding me? <laughs> this man wore pinky rings. Um, <laughs> so then, here's, here's, here's a fun one. In 1983, he was sued by fellow inmate Thomas E. And his nickname was Tia. His last name's Howard. Um, who said that in 1980, Jenkins reneged on his offer to enter into a homosexual marriage. Okay. Okay. Now. Confirmed what uh, I think we were both suspecting. I don't know if I totally 100% buy it. There's probably a lot of truth to it. And Leroy, if you watch him, you're like, wow, this this is, you know, this very, very puts off like those big gay vibes and gay energy. That's and- stuff for gaydar. Yeah, it really does. And I don't, and I, I, I'm not a big fan of pretending like, I, I don't like this game. And I think the news media does it a lot. And I actually think a lot of liberals do it pretty often where when a, a like an anti LGBTQ politician is outed as actually being a closeted homosexual, you know, that they're like, see all those guys that like, that talk so bad against, you know, homosexuals are actually secretly gay. I hate that. I hate that. I was like, no, they're not. Some of them are just really nasty fucking people. So they're hateful. They're just hateful fucking people. And so I don't like that, that trope that you get thrown around a lot. You see it on social media a bunch. And I think it's just kind of really, I mean, yeah, I'm not going to pretend like I haven't. Yeah. And I used to be until I was like, wait, well, really, what are we saying? You know, like that's not a, I, I, you know, honestly, and from an LGBTQ perspective, like, I don't want that guy in our our little game, yeah. you know? Like, <laughs> well, 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 hold up. We don't want him either. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I just say, I don't like, and I don't like labeling or naming or, you know, and, and really labeling people as that without evidence. However, I would say yeah. if I, if you told me to guess based on everything I've read about this guy, he probably was closeted, which leads to, right. I'm sure, even more chaos with his children growing up, even more chaos in his life. But anyway, that's, so that, uh, that that's this guy could also be out for money. Yeah, 
This was the yeah. only incident I could find. There's a lot of rumors online um, that I found about, you know, his relationship. Maybe he had an inappropriate relationships with with younger men, but I, I, I right. couldn't confirm anything. So I don't want to. Well, this begs me to ask the question. Could like everything, everything that we talked about in the episode, like be based off him trying to repress his sexuality? A lot, yeah. But I also think he's a, I think he's a fucking con man. And right. I don't think his sexuality has anything to do with that. Yeah. You know? But I'm I mean, talking about like the starting the whole like preaching gimmick, uh, just like maybe him finding a way to like get away from something that he's scared of about himself. I think he probably found faith for that reason, but I think the 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 preaching stuff happened from greed. I really think he was just he didn't want to be poor anymore, and so now he was just like I'm gonna I'm gonna this is this is a good way to build the money. I mean, he may have been a spiritual or religious person. And I think he probably was before. But I also think a lot of the drinking comes from this, you know, like he, he, he's done. It's not as obvious as it was with A.A. Allen, but the guy's been popped for drunk driving. He's sneaking whiskey or scotch into prison. So there's there's a lot there to kind of unravel. And I mean, it's obviously if it is if that's what he's going through, he's probably a deeply unhappy person, even though he's wealthy and he's surrounded himself with all these, you know, lavish things. Um. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's that's kind of what's that's one account of what was going on you know and the, and the guy in prison could have just been wanting money and saw an, e- an easy mark you don't know there's that was literally just one line that dropped in and i've not seen anything else about it and so it's just like well there that is um, I, I like that we got into like a little armchair psychiatrist session <laughs> out of it i like that <laughs> um so prison was awful for his ministry his ministry, the mailing list, dropped from 444,000 people to 42,000 people while he was oh, away. wow. Yeah, so he essentially gets out and he's got nothing. I mean, he, he eventually starts to build it back up and, and got some of those numbers back. It's just never, ever the same for him. Right. Um, when he did get out, however, he, you ready for this? Yeah. He learned that his mailing list had been sold to another faith healing evangelist no fucking way who is it off yes holy shit let's (laughs) so Leroy is in jail and Popoff sees this as an opportunity and goes and tries and buys the list from who has the authority to sell it so they settle this thing out of court because it's embarrassing to Leroy. Turns out that it was his oldest son, Danny, who was running the ministry while Leroy was in jail. He sold the list to Popoff. And Leroy thought that'd make him look stupid. So he didn't tell anybody and they just settled it out of court. And Popoff gave the list back. <laughs> Whoa. Yep. <Okay. laughs> yep. Yep. His kid, his his son, one of his sons, Danny, he gets into a, he's gotten into a lot of criminal trouble, <laughs> like, and this is just one of them. He needed the money. Popoff was like, "I'll buy this from you." He sold it, and Leroy's like, "He stole it." <laughs> well, yeah, the the son didn't have the authority to sell it. It was his dad's. Yeah, and so that's why he was like, "Oh, I guess we can't press charges, or I'm gonna have to throw my kid in jail for selling my 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 mailing yeah. list to Popoff." But needless to say, I don't. I really don't think they liked each other before, but this really put the wedge between Popoff and Leroy. Well, I mean, I mean yeah, they're competitors. I don't think they would like each other either. They're direct competitors. Like A. A. Allen was on his way out when he like brought. Jenkins into this thing, Leroy into this thing, but Popoff and him are, like I said, about the same time competing for the same people, same money. You know, I think Popoff's a lot more uh, inventive 
in the way that he right. did things. You know, like he really blew it up and got big and he innovated it. Leroy, well, Leroy went to jail and that yeah. just destroyed the ministry. Um, so he got out in 1984. He served five years total. And like I said, it, it, the ministry had just been decimated. Wait, he served five years for a 20 year sentence? Five out of 12. Because they had suspended it. He oh, they yeah, had eight yeah. years suspended. So he, five out of 12. Um, he got out on a work release. So he had to work. He was on a work release for a year. Um, but yeah, five years in the in jail. And it was enough just to destroy the organization. Yeah. Um, he started taping new television programs to make his big return. And at this point, he was like getting 20 or 30 people to his to his ministry meetings. And he's like, I can't tape that. Right. I can't right. show people on TV that I only have 20 to 30 people. It doesn't look good. So his, his producer went back into the old files and started editing in crowds of like the thousands from old shows into his current. Con- so it would go to pop off and then, or I'm sorry, it would go to Leroy and then it would cut to this big crowd that wasn't actually there. So, wow. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> why, not, why couldn't he just like, well, no, he didn't have any money. I would say he couldn't just pay people to come in and he didn't have any money. He started from like nothing. Wow. Yep. Um, so he needed to also, he needed to explain where he'd been right for the last few years to some of his audience. Did they not were, know? Well, so this is his story. Are you ready? The amazing Randy in his book, the faith healers writes about, Leroy, um, and, and talks about what he was, what he got up to right after he got out of jail. So, quote, Jenkins told his audience that he had recently spent some time among rapists, murderers, and kidnappers. Jenkins didn't trouble the viewers with the information that he had happened to be among those people as a convicted felon. <laughs> he boasted that he had taught the miscreants how to make, quote, real leather wallets, and that they were they had fashioned 5,000 of them with scriptures engraved in gold. But unfortunately, he reported that these wallets had been lost somewhere, and it took a direct revelation from God to Jenkins to find them. Well, he didn't exactly lie. No, no. <laughs> but... We'll keep going. Now that these wallets were available again, Jenkins said, he wanted to send these wallets as gifts to the first 5,000 lucky me. applicants, and he would put a real $1 bill into each wallet so that oh, you'll boy. never be without money again. This fucking asshole, man. <laughs> just, just, just wait. Here you go. 45 minutes of videotape later, Jenkins threw in the harpoon. One of these lovely handmade wallets was to be, quote, given to each person who sent in a love offering of $100 so that the viewer could share a good fortune of a woman in Atlanta who, viewers were told, had gotten fabulously rich by accepting such a wallet from Jenkins. He sold every one of them. This is straight pop-off shit. Yep. (laughs) Yep. He managed to cash in $500,000 on that scheme. So he's back. Oh, he's, he's back. back. He's back. He's not quite as <laughs> big as he easy. was. It's that fucking easy. That's in- yeah. <sighs> it makes me fear. <laughs> yep. So in the early 90s, um, he gets into a little trouble with the IRS because they always come knocking. But they cannot convict people. They cannot. I mean, it's unbelievable. Uh, they they couldn't get Allen and they could not get Jenkins. Like they can't. They, they can't. Close the case. I don't know what it is. He was acquitted. Jenkins was acquitted of tax evasion. They got and, Snipes. Huh? Oh, yeah, they, they got, got Snipes. Snipes. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, he's so he, he, 
was so excited that he won this case that he took all the documents the IRS had sent him and he made a show of feeding it into a wood chipper. <laughs> oh, God, it's hard for me not to lie. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, he laid low a little bit. You know, he's working on his ministry. He's building everything up. Um, but a few years after the he got acquitted from the IRS, he might have actually pulled off the most audacious scheme yet. And I'm saying this about a guy who dynamited his own church. In 2001, Jenkins married a recently widowed 77-year-old African-American woman. The son of a bitch. Now, when I say recently widowed, they were married in Las Vegas 16 days after her husband had died. So he just did he knew did he know her before the husband died? So, here we go. When I oh, this son of a bitch. I should mention a couple of things about this story. She had been a follower of Jenkins for the past 20 years. The son of a bitch. She may have been suffering from dementia. And she had very recently won $6 million playing the lottery. Fuck this guy. Fuck this guy. That's evil. That's fucking irredeemable. Yep. Oh, my God. Yep. 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 Fortunately, her family went absolutely crazy. And they started writing to local politicians. Local politicians don't really like Leroy Jenkins. And a, I wonder uh, why. <laughs> <it was> this, <laughs> so a state senator got involved. This uh, The marriage was eventually, uh, actually pretty quickly, annulled by a judge. And so he got, he got found out real quick on this thing. <laughs> Man. Oh, God. Greatest gold diggers of all time. Number one, Anna Nicole Smith. Number two. Leroy Jenkins. I don't know. I put Leroy over Anna. <laughs> really? Like he's done it multiple times. He did it with that woman. He said it was his mom, you know? Yeah. And now he's doing yeah. it with this woman because she won lottery and she had dementia. And she had, I mean, 16 days after her husband died, he's marrying her in Vegas. He'll take your money when you need. <laughs> um, you did get that reference, right? Yeah, I did okay. Kanye. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so in, in 2001, he had another little run-in. He um, was he <laughs> one of his sermons. He was a pre. He was a, he accused a woman of trying to run him over on Good Friday. And the, <laughs> when they talked to the woman, she I could claimed, just see it. Hold on, <laughs> I could just see it. This bitch tried to run me over on Good Friday of all days. She picked Good Friday. Yeah, now, now give to my my ministry. <laughs> this is a sign. Send it to him. Send me money. Uh, when they asked the woman that was involved in this incident, she said that Jenkins had threatened to quote smack the shit out of her, <laughs> and that they were, and that they were both on their way. To the same tanning salon. (laughs) 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 Oh, God, I love it. Oh, my God. (laughs) It's just like, like, the more I read, I was like, you can't write this stuff. Like, this is like, I'm not making anything up. This has all been reported in some way. I'll smack the shit out of you. I'll smack the shit out of you. I think she probably just cut him off and, and he got mad. <laughs> <laughs> it's just fucking road rage. That's all. Um, yeah, he's he's something else, too. And, you know, like, to kind of feed into everything that he's he's done, um, he, so, do you know who 
Tammy and Jim Baker. Tammy Faye and Jim Baker are. Yeah. Okay. Baker's uh Baker's buckets. Yeah, the Baker's buckets. Well, this was before because you know Jim went to jail for a while um, for some weird financial stuff, and they got accused, and they were like slammed all over the media. Him and his wife at the time, Tammy Faye, were accused of having this lavish lifestyle. You know, like they're they're in this whole world, right. and <laughs> Jenkins is the guy that gets on CNN, and um. They're interviewing about this, and this is <laughs> this is what they said. They said, do you think they should have disclosed where the money is? And he said, the contributors don't ask where the money was going. They don't ask me what I'm going to do with the money. And if they did, I'd tell them, none of your business. I'd say, you gave it, and that's as far as we go. God blessed you for giving it, and he didn't bless you for telling me what to do with it. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> he said this on CNN. He's <laughs> 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 just just absolutely without any sort of hesitation to do this. So uh, I'm, I'm assuming Jim Baker future uh, subject on if he catch my graphs. Yeah. I, I, I have a real sweet spot for him cause he's just a fucking kook. Um, but yeah, we're going it's, there's a, that's a huge story. That's going to be, I would like, harder. before we cover Jim Baker, I would like to buy a bucket of uh Jim Baker's survival food and try it's it. Been, you, oh God. No. Please yeah. Don't. I want to try it. Oh no. Okay. Well, that's your money, brother. You money. know, I wonder if I could get it before Cleveland. Probably. Hmm. Live? Live taste test? No. God, no. You could buy it from Alex. You could buy it from Jim Baker. Um, I'm not giving my money to Alex too. Jones. I'm sorry. Then, Alex Jones is not getting my money. <laughs> oh, but Jim Baker will? I'd rather maybe you want to maybe Alex. maybe maybe we should actually talk about what Jim Baker actually did before you start buying stuff from him. Is the you know stuff what? that he the only the stuff he was convicted of was financial, but he did some really horrible things. You know what? Yeah, I think I might hold off on that. <laughs> you should. <laughs> <laughs> um. So now I want to talk about this movie that came out in 2002. It's called Man of Faith. This is one of the worst movies I've ever had to watch in my entire life. <laughs> and I love bad movies. This movie is dog shit. I mean, it's just terrible. Uh, and it's about Leroy Jenkins. It's his story. You know? Okay. Um, is it his story from the perspective of Leroy Jenkins? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yep. Um, it's It's got a character in it named B.B. Gallon. B.B. Gallon? <laughs> B.B. Allen. I don't know why they couldn't have used A.A. Allen's name, but he's very it, – it is A.A. Allen. Um, and so it's a movie that was written, directed, and starring a guy named Damien Chapa. Um, <laughs> give him the Chapa. Uh, I was thinking of uh, hit him with the Chapa, you know, the lyric the from uh, Waka Flocka Flames, or let's do it. See, now you lost me. I, you had me at Kanye, but I, now I don't know. It hit him with the Chapa, call that shit hot lava. No, I don't know. I don't know what that <laughs> <laughs> so apparently, Chapa saw Jenkins perform one of his miracles when he was ten years old, and this woman who was wheelchair bound got up after being healed by Jenkins. And apparently, this like image was burned into Chapa's brain, um, and he just never forgot about it. So uh, almost thirty years later, um, Chapa is in Los Angeles working as an actor and a filmmaker. Really low budget stuff, like really B movie straight to VHS stuff. Right. Um, and he decided he wanted to reach out to Jenkins about making a movie about his life. And of course, Leroy Jenkins is going to say yes. <laughs> like, this is not a man who's going to turn down that offer to be on the big screen. But he even volunteered to uh, fund the movie to the tune of a million dollars. And it looks oh, wow. like he did because it got made. Um, 
this is this is going to be from a piece by Dave Gose, Gose of the Columbus Monthly. For the next several months, Chapa immersed himself in Jenkins's life. He watched videotapes and 16 millimeter films of crusades, read books and newspaper articles, and observed Jenkins day and night. Chapa even became a believer. And this is in quotes. Now I know that there's a lot of fakes. Chapa says that is without a doubt. But there's certainly something supernatural going on here. So this guy is pilled on. Right. Leroy Jenkins. While living in the penthouse apartment above the auditorium, this is on this is on Jenkins' estate, uh, Chapa pumped out a 190-page script and cast some well-known actors for this project, including Robert Wagner, Faye Dunaway, which is shocking, uh, and Brad Dorff, who I'm a little disappointed by. Brad Dorff is in the television show Deadwood, which you have not seen, but he's also the voice of Chucky from Child's Play. Oh, okay. I was about to say before you said that. I was, I was I've never, I've heard of none of these people. Well, Faye, but, I mean, Robert Wagner and Faye Dunaway are a little old for you. They're a little old for me. Um, so I don't blame you in the. But Brad Dorff is still around. He's still kicking. Still, you know, he's he's a he's a great character actor. What, what movies has he been on? He, it, I just said he was the voice of Chucky. Yeah, he was what in else? Lord of the Rings. He was in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Okay. Um. Yeah. I'll I've show, I'll show you a picture offline okay. and you'll, you'll know who he is. Okay. Um, he never has big parts. He's always like a little, he's a character actor. So um, Damien used up every card he could to get people involved, says Joseph Saylor, who worked as an associate casting director in the movie. Chapa and Jenkins started as friends. Chapa was Jenkins's best man at the reference 2001 wedding to Eloise Thomas in Las Vegas. That's the widow. Wow! That won the lottery. So the okay. director of this movie was the best man at best that wedding. Best man at the wedding. Wow! But their relationship soured once filming began. So Jenkins said Chapa took too much creative license with the story, ignored suggestions about music, and let his crew make a mess of the healing waters. Quotes, most He's the, the director. Yeah, it's <laughs> his movie. <laughs> I know, I know. This is most of the movie is actually shot on the compound on Jenkins' sh- on compound. What's more, Jenkins says he literally threw Chapa out of the Miracle House at one point during the filming, and then refused to talk to the actor for weeks afterwards. In fact, Jenkins is so disappointed with this movie, he wants to do the whole thing over. This time, he says he'll direct the film, and then he quotes, oh, "It's going to be done the way I sister. want it done, like the first movie around here should have been." He says. I'm sure that won't be a shit show at all. I mean, it's not going to happen now. <laughs> the guy's dead. Um, <laughs> Chapa, for his part, denies that Jenkins ever threw him out of the house. I mean, I doubt it. I'm just going to tell you right now, you can find this movie on YouTube. It is terrible. <laughs> and we'll put a link in it in the show clips. It is, I, oh God, I really, towards the end, I had to skip forward because I was like, I cannot sit here. It's like an hour. It's almost an almost two hours long and it's just like it's, i could not think of anything i want to watch less uh, <laughs> it's bad it's a really bad movie um so yeah so right after that came out that was 2002 in 2003 turns out that well that he'd been pulling all the miracle water from uh-huh had a bacteria Oh, no. That uh, was not good for people. The Ohio Department of Agriculture busted Jenkins' miracle water scam after testing the water and finding uh, coliform bacteria. Coliform, which comes from human and animal waste, can cause serious illness. 
Girl, that's not God you're feeling. That's sepsis. You need to get to a hospital. <laughs> he was, at that point, he was fined $200, and he agreed to stop selling. $200? That was it. He's been poisoning people, and he got fined $200, and that's it. And there's no record that he actually got sick from it, because, I mean, I don't think they would report that the water did it, because they're already believing that the water's going to heal them. Right. But... You know, this is again, you know, he's, he's, he's kind of, he's going back and forth. So he's back in Ohio at this point. Then he goes back to South Carolina. He goes to, like, he's all over the place. After he got back to Ohio, immediately the authorities were all over him again. Like they hadn't forgotten him. He was right. just like, like, here we are, we're ready. <laughs> Waiting at the state line for him. Yeah. They're like, here he is. Come on. We got a, we got a health inspector. <laughs> we're just waiting on you. Yeah. All right. So we're going to wrap this thing up, I think. Okay. Very soon. I'm going to talk about kind of his last days. Um, he died in 2011. But, I mean, his his reputation, even though he kind of came back and had his ministry up and running again, it sort of started to to wane at the end. Um, he was mostly working. He eventually sold all of his property. Um, and he said he was losing money at some point. I'm sure right. it's this lavish lifestyle just caught up with him. It was not clear exactly what caused that. But um, this is, again, from that Columbus Monthly article he said soon after the healing water gospel quartet well sorry let me let me phrase this this is um just an excerpt that kind of just shows where he was in the last few years of his life and kind of how he how he fell from the the heights and even though he got everything back together so this is from that uh, columbus monthly piece soon after the healing waters gospel quartet warms up the crowd in the howard johnson's conference room Big change of pace. The Reverend right. Leroy Jenkins walks onto a stage from a side door. The spotlight held together with four strips of duct tape shines on him. He wears a pink shirt and tie and two sparkling pieces of jewelry, an 18 karat gold cross necklace, and $30,000 diamond ring on his right hand. He sings How Great Thou Art in his trademark baritone, best described as Elvis in an echo chamber. (laughs) (laughs) The speakers amplify his voice to an ear-splitting volume. Once Jenkins, once, sorry, Jenkins filled some of the nation's top arenas, turning away 10,000 people at Madison Square Garden. But on this Saturday night in March, his new home, a 550-seat ballroom in an east side hotel, is half empty. Jenkins finishes the song and moves on to his favorite sermon topic, himself. He speaks uh, extemporaneously as he paces in front of the plastic trees and plants on the stage. You've known me for how long? 33 years, he asks. And we've had a lot of problems. I mean, I've had a lot of problems. The crowd chuckles. Why does he have so many problems? Because television stations and newspapers spread lies about him, he says. Because reprobates, in quotes, in the federal government brought trumped-up tax evasion charges against him because people hate a prophet of God. Jenkins opens the Bible in the pulpit. The Bible says, if they slap you, turn the other cheek. Now let me give you my version of it. Leroy Jenkins, chapter 1, verse 1, thou shalt not hit me, because if you do, I shall hit you back. (laughs) (laughs) He's not going to take any shit from anybody. You know what's crazy? If he would have just like sold his stuff, like his land and stuff, and didn't live as like lavish of your lifestyle as you lived, he could have lived out the rest of his days and been just fine. Yeah. Like you could have had a very comfortable lifestyle. But these guys don't stop. That's the thing. Like this is all they know how to do. They go to jail, they come back out, and they keep doing it. Like they don't, none of them stop. Sometimes it changes up a little bit, but it doesn't stop. 
Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Man. It's just he, he had a way out, and it sucks that he would rather perform the half-empty conference rooms than just to give it up at a Howard Johnson. Which, you know, like it's like really, this is what you did. It's kind of a sad, but he's a schmuck, so I don't care. You know, like I mean, he preyed right. on people. He, like I said all the time, I feel like sometimes we get lost in these characters and we don't realize that he's actually stealing people's money, taking. Their yeah, money. I'm really bad about that. I'm like, I like this guy. Meanwhile, yeah, he's. But- I mean, you, get lost some... in, you get lost in the story, and these are like yeah. really bigger, big characters and larger than life characters. But I mean, like they're ultimately stealing from people who really are, de- are like desperate people. But that's also the thing: you don't get caught until you steal from rich people, or if you pick a fight with you know local governments, you know, or you threaten to you know burn a cop's house down. Like <laughs> that's what you. That's that's those are the things that get you in trouble. But stealing from poor people, especially minorities. That's okay. We don't care. Yeah, and they're going to get away with it every time. And they do. All of these fucking guys do. All of them. You know? You just you, you and if you if you're not smart, then you're going to get caught. And if you if you shoot your mouth off, you get too big. That's when you get caught. I don't know. He's he's a shitbag and he's yeah. there's a lot there. I mean, he just he god, he was all over the place. And really hard to nail down this bio. I have to be honest, this is one of the tougher ones because <laughs> just the, the information is was sparse. So you're pulling from a lot of sources. You'll see when you get the, the show notes. Yeah. Well, I think it was well worth it because the story is great. This is probably the most fun I've had <laughs> recording yeah. an episode. And I said that last week. So giving you a lot of promise for the future. Um, all right. So that's that's this, right? That's yeah, a, man. That's, that's, that's the show. I told you when we we're going to go two hours this time. Yeah, I've been trying to stretch it. But, <laughs> but uh, so anything you want to leave uh, leave the audience with in the show? You know, anything you want to say? Man, I, I don't know. Man, you know, don't trust anybody that dresses like Ric Flair and Liberace all together <laughs> with a hairdo like Elvis. It's just, now, I didn't, I didn't like this guy. I didn't like much about him. I, I think I, I yeah, I, he was there. For me, there's not much redeeming about him. Um, you know, I love him giving hell to local law enforcement. But outside of that, oh, yeah. I'm like, yeah, no, not really, not really feeling this guy. Um, I, I, I feel the same way you did. Uh, outside of him uh, just being a complete psychopath. Yeah. <laughs> I hated everything about him. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a fun story because it's yeah. just like, he really do that? Yeah, he did. But yeah, yeah, he blew up his church. <laughs> dynamited his own church for so insurance at, money. Yeah, yeah, and then started what the 1970s equivalent of a GoFundMe to get some money, in, even though he had the insurance payout. Yep, 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 he did. He did all of that and died of natural causes. <laughs> So before we close, I have a, like a little recommendation I'd like to make. A uh, friend of the podcast, Tom Green, but not that Tom Green. Um, he recommended the Woodstock '99 Peace, Love, and Rage documentary on HBO Max. I it's heard that's re- good. It's really good. It's really good. Uh, moral of the story is: Don't hire Limp Biscuit and expect them not to do Limp Biscuit stuff. Like <laughs> you know, you hire Limp Biscuit. They might entice a riot. That's just it comes with the price of admission. Uh, so, 
Oh, I, I thought you were gonna say if you hire Limp Biscuit, it's the place is really gonna suck. But um, you know. the place is gonna fucking rule. What are you talking about? <laughs> Very different feelings on Limp Biscuit. <laughs> oh man, but uh, yeah, Woodstock '99, Peace, Love, and Rage. Check it out. It's on HBO Max, or you can do what I did and just find it online for free and enjoy it. Watch it. Love it. We have friends. <laughs> Check out our friends at Pod Van Dam, IWTV Guide, Super Fantastic, Sweet Stuff and Bitter Things, Wrestling Cheers, Hardheaded, X Over. We are on social media. Check us out on Twitter at Catch My Griff Pod. You can find me on Twitter at Catch Dalton. You can find Austin on Twitter at Austin Agogo. Keep an eye out for, you know, coming soon, um, a YouTube page. Hopefully, maybe if I can learn how to do video editing, we'll get <laughs> we'll figure that shit out and get it out there for you. Uh, Austin, anything you want to say? I think I've said all I had today. Look at him, a man of few words. Uh, <laughs> we'll see you normal, yeah. This is this is definitely fewer <laughs> words than we normally throw. <laughs> I, we can, it can't all be two and a half hours long. We got every once in a while let up on people. You know, I, feel, I feel like I feel like we did the last week and this week. I think it's a good length. All right. It's a good we'll see once you edit everything out. <laughs> yeah. All the cameras. We're about to have a fucking 30 minute podcast. Who knows? <laughs> but, uh, you know, let us know on social media. What What do you prefer? Shut the fuck up, sweeps. <laughs> Christ. Fucking meow, 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 meow. Shut up. But, uh, <laughs> Let us know on social media what you think. Do you like the longer podcast? Do you like the shorter podcast like last week? I'm open to suggestions. Open to suggestions. Yeah. Until next time, that's that's all we got over here at... That was terrible. What was that? I I didn't want to be like right in the microphone because I'm... You sound like one of those sand people in Star Wars. It's really easy. All you have to do is, if you catch my graft, <laughs> my voice did a thing. <laughs> well, I guess it would be nice if I could touch your body. I know not everybody has got a body like me, but I gotta think twice before I give my heart away. And I know all the games you play, cause I play them
Austin is currently leaving again to go get the cat. Trying to get the cat out of the room. He is now sitting down. He's back in his chair. He's looking at his headphones, very confused. He cannot figure out what side the headphones go on. And now he is back. (laughs) The cat left, so I closed the door after him.